We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today at DraftKings.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined by Benny Ricciardi every Monday as we're back again covering the latest fantasy basketball news. We're going to break down the Sunday box scores for Fantasy Impact, and we're also going to play a game of buy or sell. We'll take a look at some of the hottest players through the first quarter plus mark of the Fantasy NBA season and talk about whether or not our 
contenders or pretenders. So make sure you check that out. Uh, you can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at Roto Curve, Roto Wire, and it's featured right on the DraftKings playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS and find me hosting the Fantasy Hoops Insider podcast over at TheFantasyHoopsInsider.com. Benicio, how did the weekend treat you? Uh, pretty good, actually. I was in the championship game of my season-long league with, uh, you know, my long-running season-long league with a bunch of my buddies from around here. And I'm up 50 points with Cincinnati defense, and the guy that I'm playing against is drawing dead. So I can pop the champagne like the 72 Dolphins and start celebrating already. Nice. Very nice. I will admit that I... Um, made the smart move and moved for a chop once I was in the semifinals of the remaining playoff money. So and ended up getting beat by a ridiculous score w- with a solid like 158, which in PPR 14 team PPR is pretty strong. That's fi- 158 is yeah. going to be a winner like 80 plus percent of the time. And yeah, I just ran a- right. So I ran into a buzzsaw, and luckily I have 50 percent of his action in the championship. So, and they ended up chopping, so that made me another extra 250-ish dollars that I wouldn't have had if I would have just trusted my own 14-point Yahoo projection that said I was a pretty good favorite. So, some people thought I was crazy for taking that, for insta-snap calling on that chop. Uh, but that's fantasy football for you. So, the, the, exactly why I went that route. Alright, um, so let's go ahead and, and get into this here today. Before we, uh, get started, gotta let you know that the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, so don't forget to share and subscribe. And if you're not part of all the action all season long at DraftKings.com just yet, it's the official fantasy basketball partner of Rotowire. So with Daily Fantasy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging your roster. You can play whenever you want, pick a new team every time you play, challenge your friends in a custom league, or prove you're the superior GM, or square off against a fantasy basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com right now and enter the promo code ROTOHOOPS to play free. DraftKings, the official partner of RotoWire. That's promo code ROTOHOOPS for free entry over at DraftKings.com. All right, Benny, let's go ahead and talk about the latest news here. We're going to start with the um, some injuries that are um, pretty um, far-reaching here. Jazz confirmed that Alec Burks has a fractured fibula. This is according to uh, NBA.com. And uh, Yahoo is reporting that Burks will miss a minimum of six weeks. Uh, the USA Today actually has this timetable about eight weeks and returning after the, the All-Star break. This means there's no surgery required for Burks, which is good, but it also is going to put a big-time arrow up on Rodney Hood, um, maybe to a lesser extent Trey Burke, Nito, uh, Ingles, and Millsap. Uh, Utah's going to have to get some extra minutes uh, somewhere because they were giving 25-plus to Hood uh, overall. So how do you see this uh, injury sh- uh, shaking out overall? Yeah, I think the biggest beneficiary is definitely going to be Rodney Hood. Just be careful, though. He had a a glute injury the other night in the middle of the game. So he played like a couple minutes in the first quarter and then sat out most of the first quarter, came back and played like another minute and went back to the locker room again. I actually had him in daily fantasy, and he had like three points at halftime. And then came out in the fourth quarter and, and dropped like 18 fantasy points in the fourth quarter. So if Hood is healthy enough to play, he's going to be the major beneficiary of this news. He's going to be the guy that I would I would want to have. Just be careful, though. Like, don't mortgage the house or use all your fab to get him because if he does get in a situation where that injury is a little more serious, you know, you could see him on the shelf as well. I think um Angles definitely gets an uptick for me. And then the other guy who I think gets the biggest tick up is going to be Gordon Hayward because he's going to be the guy who's going to be asked to do a little more right now. 
Um, especially with their front courts being injured too. I mean, you got Gobert out. Favors missed the last game. They say that he's questionable again tonight. Um, you know, I don't think it's anything long-term serious, but if you got guys like Gobert and Favors and Burks, you're now missing three starters basically. So I think you got to look at, uh, at, at Gordon Hayward as the guy who's going to, you know, have to pick up his game a little bit more. And he's one of the few guys that actually can do it on that team. You know, you can ask him to do a little more and he can actually give you a little more production. So I think uh, Hood and Hayward would be the two guys I'd be looking to target off of this news. Right, and I think uh, in a small level, you could see some extra run out of uh, out of Trey Burke, but he's really would be playing a little bit out of position, although he is um, a, a one who tries to score a little bit more like a two off the bench. So um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you 100% there. Uh, other piece of big news that came through here, obviously, is Eric Bledsoe out with a MCL injury, does need knee surgery, but this is the um, lesser uh, of the two. The ACL is the one that puts you out for the year. The MCL looks like you could be put, potentially putting him out for six weeks. This is going to elevate Devin Booker into the uh, fantasy stratosphere overall. Only 19 uh, years old, but uh, does have a lot of upside. 30-plus minute line. If you had to guess uh, on a stat line for him as, with starters minutes going forward, what do you see coming out of Darren, Devin Booker? I see... Honestly, I'm not as high on him as a lot of other people are. I think part of the reason why is in the the few minutes that he's played, he hasn't shown much of the other kind of stats. Like, he's not a huge rebounder. He's not getting a huge number of assists. He's not racking up the defensive stats. I think he's basically a, you know, I think the kid's going to be a good player, but he's only 19. So I think at this point, most of what they're going to ask him to do is be a standstill shooter. I think he'll help you in points scored probably, I'm going to say like 14 to 18 points a game he's going to put up. It's going to be probably three or four three-pointers because I think he's going to shoot a lot of them in that fast-paced offense. But I don't expect to see him put up humongous numbers. Like I would rather go after, you know, a Rodney Hood if I could get Hood than, you know, go and mess around with, uh, you know, Devin Booker. So I think he's an okay ad. But I don't think he's going to give you a huge upside. Like, I wouldn't expect him to get anywhere near the numbers that are being given up by Bledsoe. Um, I would think that Knight is the guy who's going to get a big uptick off of this uh, injury situation. All right. I could see that shaking out there in uh, similar fashion. So something else to just uh, sort of keep keep an eye on here going forward. The uh, other thing I could see here is I wonder if they'll try to, f- like, fit a little bit of a round peg with T.J. Warren into some extra, like, two-guard minutes to sort of help out overall, because I know he's a little a bigger guy, but he is that pretty athletic and has scored a pretty good clip, clip off the bench here, 23 mm-hmm. points per game, mm-hmm. uh, averaging double figures. So I could see a little bit of extra run for uh, yeah. for TJ Warren. You know, you know how I actually think that plays out a little bit is I think that they give a little more run at the two to PJ Tucker, mm-hmm. and that allows Warren to play in there on the, at the same time as Tucker, because the two of them had basically been split in minutes at the three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that. You know, you're going to see Knight with the ball in his hands and then a bigger lineup with a guy like Tucker playing, you know, kind of like the two guard um, with Warren at the three and then like a John Luer and, uh, you know, either Alex Len or, or uh, Tyson Chandler at the center spot. So I think you can see a few minutes more from P.J. Tucker as well. I think all those guys are just going to kind of, you know, see a little bit of an uptick in the minutes. I think it's going to be distributed out. I don't think you're going to see Booker play the 35 minutes that, you know, Eric Bledsoe was playing before the injury. I think he'll see like 25, and then you might see like a few extra minutes for, you know, like you said, like a guy like Warren or a guy like Tucker. All right. I like that. I think it makes a lot of sense. 
All right, so we will move forward with the uh, the rest of the news here uh, uh, overall. Um, let's see, Marcus Smart returns back from his injury. He logs 13 minutes in his return. Uh, you know, uh, sort of could have been a much-needed boost to the Celtics, who start off pretty hot, but now are sitting right down in, in the eighth spot for the playoffs. Are you interested on what level, from a fantasy perspective, in Marcus Smart's return? <clears throat> I mean, if he's a guy that's on the waiver wire in your league, I think you pick him up. I think the more interesting question here, though, is how much do you think this is going to negatively affect Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley and maybe even a guy like Evan Turner to a lesser extent? I mean, you got to think that Smart, as he gets healthier, is going to start stealing some minutes from all these guys. So would you think the production for all of those guys kind of drops a little bit? Yeah, I would actually. So I I, I could see that happening. Um uh, overall, but um, my my concern is that how much does he eat into Isaiah Thomas, or when he gets fully healthy, does he force Isaiah Thomas back to the bench? Because I think that's a that's a, a detriment to the Celtics personally and to Isaiah yeah. Thomas's value if that ends up happening. So I would yeah. be a little bit concerned there. I don't I don't know if he forces him back to the bench, but I mean, if you remember earlier in the season, like Smart was basically playing the most minutes out of the three out of Bradley, Isaiah Thomas, and him. Right. You know, I, I mean, Brad Stevens is a guy who changes up his rotations and does a lot of crazy stuff anyway. So, I mean, to me, I, I and I know that this might sound a little crazy, but Isaiah Thomas has been playing so well right now that I think his value is really high. It might be a good time to see if you can flip him for something that is a little bit more solid. You know, if somebody's looking and seeing like, oh, look at all the, the points and everything that they're you know, scoring right now and, and all the numbers that he's been putting up and you're able to flip him for something that's a little bit more solid going forward, I think you're going to see Isaiah Thomas. I think we've seen the apex of what he's going to be able to do. You know, I think the numbers are only going to go down with, with adding Smart back in there and everybody getting a few less minutes. I totally agree. I think you've we've hit the... Um high watermark for what you can get out of Isaiah Thomas right now. He, If he was, you know, if there was, like, Marcus Smart was ruled out for the season, then I would say, you don't know. He could actually level up a little bit more into, like, top 25 status, you know. But since that is not the case, uh, I do have concerns about how much more we can really benefit from any more action from from Isaiah with Marcus Smart, those minutes trending. And the other thing, too, that you have to know is they trust Avery Bradley um, you know, more than any other player. He actually, I think he's actually averaging more minutes than Isaiah Thomas, um, mm-hmm. you know, played on the season there. So he's locked into the two hole. And I don't, and you know, you would hope that they would figure out a way to play smart and Isaiah Thomas together. But as long as Avery Bradley's is going to be out there on the court, not much of a chance of that really happening. Um, some other quick news here. Overall, Cobra Ryan uh, is battling a sore knee. He is hopeful to return on Monday. Larry Nance Jr., um, Piled up career highs of 17 points, 11 rebounds on 8 of 12 shooting. Interested in Larry Nance for potential upside, given the fact that they are so far keeping him in the starting lineup, even though there have been rumors of mixing it back up with uh, D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle. I mean, I don't – like, first off, that was his best game. Right. And second off, it really annoys me that he is splitting time with Julius Randle. Because Randall was your big draft pick, you know, he was your your, your top guy, and he's he the seems, better player. And and that's the thing. And I mean, it's not like Randall's not playing well. Like Randall's playing twenty four minutes and putting up double doubles on like a daily basis. Right. So it's like obviously this guy's talented, and obviously he can help you win. I know that you're trying to tank. I mean, it's pretty obvious to everybody that you guys are trying to tank right now. But 
why are the two of these guys both playing the same amount of minutes? Like, do you see, like, I see Julius Randle as a piece that you build around to try to get back to being a playoff kind of team. I see Larry Nance as a guy who's, you know, a, a decent piece that you can bring in off the bench, like, you know, eight to ten guy in your rotation. I don't understand why they're playing the same number of minutes. I mean, I know they're saying they're trying to bring Randall back slow and all, but he's proven that he's been holding up fine. His production has been great. You know, I think that these big games by Nance only, it's a trap. Like, if you're somebody who's going to go run out and pick up Nance, if you're in, like, a really deep 14-16 man league and you need somebody for your bench, all right, fine. You know, as long as he's getting the minutes now, I think it's okay. But, I mean, I wouldn't be expecting double-doubles out of him on a daily basis. I do expect that out of Julius Randle, and we've seen it on more than one occasion out of Randle. So, of the two guys, I think Randle has way more upside. So, if I was going to go after either one of them, I'd much rather have Randle than Nance. I agree with you there as well. So, we'll see. if I'm, I'm not really ready to buy in just yet, but what 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 I'm waiting to see happen is if D'Angelo Russell re-enters the starting lineup and Julius Randle doesn't join him, that's a bad sign for Julius Randle, although yeah. he's still been effective off the bench. And then you have to start making case for whether or not you can start need to start um, <coughs> rostering Larry Nance Jr. That will be the 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 key piece to to what ends up happening here. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely with that. All right, uh, that's going to wrap it up for the majority of the NBA news. The rest of them are just basically box score highlights. Damari Carroll could be returning to the starting five on Monday. Um, so uh, that's a piece of late breaking news. All the rest of that stuff. Kenneth Friedman for twenty five and eleven. You know, if you own those guys, congratulations. If you don't, sorry for you. All right, um, so before we move on into the box score breakdown for Sunday, I want to let the beloved pod listeners know that uh, if you just subscri- if you have not, are not subscribing to rotowire.com just yet, um, what are you waiting for right now? If you like the advice of all the podcasts, you're going to love the website. You can try it for free at rotowire.com slash pod. Features include lineup optimizers for MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, college football, and soccer. And soccer. I don't know why I threw a T in there. <laughs> um, up to myth depth charts, customizable league projections for all your season-long leagues, um, complete draft kits for NFL, M- NBA, MLB, NHL, online and in magazine format, and so much more. So go ahead and check it out. Give yourself a late Christmas present, rotowire.com slash pod. Join today. Check it out. Check out all our projections and lineup optimizers, and tell them that Benny and Josh sent you. Uh, and enjoy the fantasy goodness for free that we use on this very show for projections and news and analysis. All right, we move forward here, Benny, to the box scores from Sunday. Just a four-game slate, a little light one after they went hard on us on Saturday with, I think, 26 teams in action. So um, we'll go ahead and start with the first game that I have on the docket, and that's the L.A. Lakers against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, No surprise here in, you know, what performed, although we just talked about Larry Nance Jr. as a guy that popped up um, on the radar here a little bit. Uh, Anything stand out to you fantasy-wise in terms of this box score? I mean, here's basically the way I look at there's a couple things on both sides. The thing I want to mention with the Lakers is if you look at their minutes played, everybody on the team is playing like 23 to 25 minutes right now. So they're basically splitting the games and giving like seven or eight guys a, a little bit of run. You know, you're getting like, you know, Nick Young's healthy now, Brandon Bass, Julius Randle, you know, D'Angelo Russell off the bench, all played around 20 minutes. The starters, Clarkson, Hibbert, Kobe, Nance all played like 25, 26 minutes. The only guy who played a little more than 25 minutes was Lou Williams, who's actually a little bit banged up right now. And you can see it in this game. He shot two for 10, had a minus 14 differential, which unfortunately it was actually one of the better ones for the Lakers on this day. 
Um, you know, he's the only guy who's really seeing more than half a game. So to me, that kind of makes everybody on this team somebody that I'd be cautious of. On top of the fact that they're just a bad team and they're not playing all that well or putting up some huge numbers. So I'm kind of off almost all the Lakers. I would be looking to kind of unload any of the guys that I had that still had some value. Over on Memphis, the thing that I noticed the most, I have been wrong all the time on the Jeff Green, Matt Barnes question. You know, some days Barnes has a big game. Some days Green has a big game. I like the fact that they're both playing more minutes and they're both getting into the lineup. Um, you know, Tony Allen's coming off the bench now. Zach Randolph's coming off the bench now. But I just really, like, you know, I just really don't know which of those two guys between Green and Barnes I want more. And I feel like, you know, they're just alternating good and bad games. Marcus Gasol is still a legit option. If you have him, you should be playing him. You know, Mike Conley, another guy who, you know, I think is pretty safe on the Memphis team. But everybody else, I mean, like I said, the Green-Barnes question, I can't really answer. Courtney Lee is not doing enough or playing enough for me. He's splitting time with Chalmers. Neither one of them are really guys that I want on my fantasy team. Um, I think I'd actually rather have Chalmers over over Lee, even though Lee has been the starter lately. Uh, you know, Zach Randolph is playing okay. He's had a couple decent games lately, but he's still coming off the bench and only seeing 20, 25 minutes. You know, I mean, there, there's not much on this Memphis team that I'm really looking at. So this was a, you know, pretty boring and bad fantasy game as far as I'm concerned between these two teams. All right, fair enough. I, I feel fairly similar about the situation. We didn't learn too much other than that that the uh, <coughs> Lakers have, haven't really adjusted their rotation like we had hoped with, you know, guys like uh, Jordan Clarkson only getting 26 minutes because Kobe's still shooting, you know, more shots than anybody else. 15 shots in that game led the team and shot 6 of 15, still shooting bad, still leading the team, still, you know, causing them problems. And, you know, I've seen a little bit more of what I hoped out of Jeff Green. You know, 17 and 4, and four with 4 assists could have been a lot better game if the Lakers were in this game uh, overall. But, you know, they're still going full stretch four mode. Only thing you really need to know, Conley and Courtney Lee at the 2, Barnes at the 3, Jeff Green at the 4. And it worked out for them in this game. So I, And they've been trying this for a while, so I expect that to continue. So um, those are the only two things really of note for me um, in this matchup. So we're going to move forward here with the highest scoring game of the night here. Denver loses but puts up a valiant effort to stay in this game, 112 to 122. Your thoughts for fantasy impact on this matchup. All right, hold on one second. You said the Denver game, right? I had the, I had the other game called up, so give me a second and let me pull up and take a look at the All right, you stuff want, here. You want some hold music? Like, no, I'm good, it, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. My, my computer's a little bit slow. Okay. Um, well, I mean, Kenneth, Kenneth Fareed had a big game here, and uh, you know he's somebody that we like, especially when he's getting the minutes. He hadn't been seeing a ton of minutes lately, so that's been something that's been a little bit concerning. Uh, you know, you got guys like uh, Jameer Nelson with all the point guards they have banged up. You know, Moutier's out, so Nelson's been playing some decent minutes. Uh, Will Barton is actually the one guy on his Denver team that I really like a lot. You know, you had that big game out of Foyer the other day, but don't get crazy with that. That was kind of like a one-time thing. Um, you know, I don't know exactly, you know, what's going on with, uh, you know, that situation. I mean, he had like 40 fantasy points the other day or something like that, but... You know, I wouldn't worry too much about that. That had a lot more to do with Jameer Nelson being out. You know, Gary Harris is seeing a lot of minutes here. You still got Danilo Gallinari hurt. Um, my biggest concern with this team, and I was, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it, because I had managed to hop on the Will Barton train early and pick him up in a couple leagues that I'm in. How much do you think, 
um, Gallinari coming back is going to affect his minutes? Like, would you think Barton is a guy who you should probably be looking to sell high now? Yeah. Or do you think that he can continue to... I mean, I, I like his game. I don't think it's a matter of him not being able to do it, but do you think he's going to see the minutes to be able to keep putting up these huge numbers? Because, yes. I mean, he's been like a top 50 fantasy performer over the last couple of weeks. I think it's all legit, and you look at what they've lost in Wilson Chandler, who is supposed to be one of the spark plugs on the offense. They have more than replaced it. This is like everything they could have hoped Wilson Chandler could have been, could be, and more. You know, and then you take a look at what they have with their starters as well. I mean, um, I mean, whether or not you have Jameer Nelson in the lineup, actually, Jameer Nelson probably shoots more than the normal amount of point guards do. Um, just five assists on that game, but Barton, you know, matches him with five assists. And think about this: Kenneth Reed, Lavernier, uh, Gary Harris, and what should have been Gallinari in this lineup. Gallinari is the only volume shooter on that team. So they're, they're in desperate need of actually somebody like Bill Barton, Will Barton to step up and be a secondary scorer for them. Actually, I think he's a better scorer than anybody on that team. So I know that Kenneth Freed went 12 of 20 and went ham in this matchup. Don't expect that to continue. We all have been fooled by the whole Kenneth Freed big game followed up, followed up by four points and five fouls. You know, in, you know, uh, 18 minutes or something like that. So nice game for him. He's actually been having a little bit of a bounce back season. Credit to Mike Malone for getting the most out of him, uh, you know, so far this season. Uh, but to me, Will Barton's the best player on the team, you know, com- best complete player, assists, rebounds, will steal, will block, um, you know, one of six from, th- uh, from, uh, from three, but, you know, he's actually shot, uh, better than that th- this season. So, uh, you can't really buy buy low on him because he hasn't been low, and I think you have to just ride the train because I don't know who's going to give you what like fair value for him right now because I think he's top locked in as top fifty, maybe even top forty rest of the way. So mm-hmm. uh, that's my personal take on that. Any other? Right. Um, were you going to say anything else? Yeah, I was going to say in that case I'm going to keep. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Um, anything else that you learned overall? I don't think I learned too much on the uh, Oklahoma City, City side overall. They kept their rotation intact. Uh, yeah, basically. I mean, yeah. You know, the one thing, the one thing that was interesting for me for OKC, um, Cantor had a really big game. He did. And you know, that's about the only thing that I saw that's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, Westbrook and Durant are going to get most of the volume there. Whatever Westbrook and Durant don't get, a little bit goes to Ibaka. Uh, you know, he has value because he also adds in some rebounds and some defensive stats for you. Um, you know, other than that, though, I mean, Steven Adams, not really a guy I want on my roster. Roberson, not really a guy I want on my roster. Deion Waiters, not touching, you know. Mm-hmm. Cantor would be the only guy in a deep league who I think can give you some scoring. Um, you know, I think Cantor is actually, if he gets a few more minutes, I mean, his Production-wise, he's better than a lot of centers who are playing even more minutes than he is. Mm-hmm. But as long as he's only playing 20, 25 minutes, I don't think there's a ton of upside there. So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant over here with a little bit of a baka. Other than that, I don't think there's a lot of fantasy value on, on Oklahoma City at all. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. Not too much that you can really enjoy from a fantasy perspective uh, unless you're you know, somebody who thinks that, you know, Dion Waiters is awesome. We're not those guys. So I am definitely not that guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. All right. We are going to move over with the next game on the slate here. And we are going to be talking about the New York Knicks and the Boston Celtics. New York Knicks fall once again, 91 to 100. Boston improves their record. Carmelo Anthony continues to shoot a, a ridiculous amount of volume and not at an efficient level. They're 11 of 26, does score 29 points, but, 
Um, and then Kristaps Porzingis sort of came down from God status once again. Does double-double with 16 and 12 and three blocks, but also a little bit uh, inefficient here, just 4 13 0-1 from three. Uh, your thoughts on this box score? Yeah, I mean, you know, on New York, you, you got to like Carmelo if you got him. You got to like Porzingis if you got him. Other than that, there's not really much that, that I would want on my fantasy team. You know, Aflalo's been up and down. He's had some good games. At least he plays the minutes. But, you know, I mean, look at this game that he had here. He played 33 minutes, shot 2 of 10, 0 for 3 from 3. He had 4 rebounds. He had 1 assist. And that's pretty much what he did. So he got you 4 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist in 33 minutes. I mean, not much I see that I want him on my fantasy team. Like I said to you, if you can get rid of Porzingis and get a good return for him, I think now is is a good time to do it. I think that, you know, his name is a lot more than his production is. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I just think that, you know, the fact that people still call him Porzingod uh, means you can probably get, you know, a, a very, like if someone is willing to trade you, you know, like a like maybe like a Paul Millsap or something because he's poor Zingad, you know, you jump on that in a second and you don't even think twice or look back about it. Um, but I do think he's a useful player. I think he's somebody that you can have. And then obviously if you have Melo, you want to keep him. Uh, the interesting thing to me here is the Boston Celtics. And I hate the Celtics for fantasy reasons because, you know, basically they're the same thing that we talked about kind of with the Lakers. There's so many guys are seeing minutes here. You know, Sullinger has had some big games, but so has Olenek, and now they're both healthy, and Amir Johnson is playing really well, but he's only seeing limited minutes, which is something he's always done. He's not a guy who's going to play 30, 35 minutes for you. But the fact that he's getting 20, 25 minutes means he's cutting down on, you know, Sullinger's time at power forward and Olenek on the court together, so that hurts both of them. And then David Lee's going to come back, and he's going to get some minutes because he played pretty well when they gave him a few minutes before he got hurt again. Um, you know, I think that Jay Crowder is probably the one guy who sees the most consistent minutes and is somebody that I would actually not mind having on my fantasy team if I'm in a, a, a deeper league. He wouldn't be one of my stars, but, you know, I actually have him in a couple leagues. He produces across the board, gets your block, steals, assists, gets, uh, you know, a couple rebounds every game and scoring double-digit points. So, you know, he's solid. And then we talked about the guards earlier. I like Thomas. I like Bradley. I think both of those guys are solid. You know, I also think though with Smart back and you still have Evan Turner in the mix as well. Um, you know, I think all these guys are gonna eat into each other's minutes and now would be a good time to, you know, try to sell, sell high on some of them if, uh, you know, before Smart really gets ramped back up to the, you know, 25, 30, 35 minute range that he was playing before his injury. Yeah, when that happens, it's gonna be tougher for you to derive fancy value. Um, from those guys, you'll, you'll still be they'll, you'll be stuck in like a little bit of a no man's land where they're still ownable and playable, but you don't know if you are feel great about the production overall yeah. because you're probably getting a little bit less than you were previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, so no, nothing else really to learn here. Uh, overall, Langston Galloway is still playing good big minutes off the bench, but didn't do much. Same for Derek Williams, did score in double digits, but ten points and four rebounds. Not, not anything really to get excited about. So we'll move on from that game to the final game of the lot. Sad for me here for my Sacramento Kings. They lose 98-94, mostly because C.J. McCollum decided to go, um, you know, transformer on them and light them up for 35 points total, 14-28 uh, in this game. Goes 11 rebounds and 9 assists, which really shouldn't happen from a shooting guard there overall. Just a triple-double like that, just an absolute fail 
at the shooting guard position there. But no surprise when you have a Ben McLemore, Marco Bellinelli combo happening to you overall. So um, aside from that, anything else that we need to know um, from this box score? Yeah, is there a worse defensive player than Ben McLemore? I mean, last year, Clay Thompson lit him up for, like, 40 and a quarter, mm-hmm. and now he gives up a triple-double to C.J. McCollum. Like, if he ever gets back in the starting lineup, I'm targeting shooting guards against Sacramento for the rest of the you season. You should, because they're not changing it, but they are limiting his minutes, though. He only played 19, so, like, he didn't do all the damage. So, you know, can, you can put uh, Bill and Ellie on there for the rest of that, and he's, and he's a much worse defender, as bad as McLemore is. Uh, so that's like the one hole that they haven't really been able to plug. I, for my money, actually, I've been calling for them to play, you know, Seth Curry more minutes at the two because I think he's probably a little bit more competent and has a better basketball IQ on both ends, and, uh-huh. and he's a better three point shooter than than, than uh, Ben McLemore. Ben McLemore is a better athlete, but he just doesn't. He still does bonehead stuff like, you know, drive down the baseline on a on a, a breakaway and then just throw the ball to nobody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Alley oop to somebody who's not there. So I will. I will say though that Ben McLemore is a lot of fun to watch if you ever go to uh, a game that Sacramento's playing in uh, pregame and layup lines. He mm-hmm. throws down some incredible dunks. So I will give him that. Yeah, he is a ridiculous athlete, but has he needs Doug Christie to like set him down for an entire off season and teach him how to play defense so he could be the lockdown defender that they need at the two because that's where they keep getting exposed. So yeah, um, I agree. Uh, aside from that there, um, you know, not too much to to really uh, talk about here. Alan Crabb played a bunch of minutes um, but only scored 10 points. Harkless and My- Myers Leonard uh, did damage off the bench there, so they were they were big. 6-9 for 13 and 6. And- yeah, I actually like um, both of those guys a little bit going forward. Uh, Myers Leonard, to me, is their best big man. I like him more than I like Plumlee, and I feel like they're starting to give him a few more minutes back. I mean, he was the starter at the beginning of the year before he got hurt, and then Plumlee came in and played pretty well, and then he has been getting the predominant amount of the minutes. But I think going forward, Myers Leonard is going to get that role back. And, you know, again, he put up, what did he play, 30 minutes here? He put up 16 and 11, and that's something that he's he was doing earlier in the year, too, is getting close to those double-doubles every game, so... I think Myers Leonard is someone, if he's available on your waiver wire, because I think he is on a lot of waiver wires and leagues, you know, I would pick him up. I like him more than a lot of guys who are much higher owned than him at the moment. And then Mo Harkless has looked really good. Um, I haven't even noticed him on this team until the Damian Lillard injury, but, you know, Noah Vonla, we know, is, is the starter in name only. He plays like five minutes in the first half and five minutes in the second half. They start him, but he's not you know, somebody who's given them big minutes. And I feel like this is just another game. Like, it's not just this game, but I feel like Al Farouk Amino's minutes are starting to drop a little bit too, and Harkless is on the floor a little more. Do you think Harkless is a guy who, you know, is a viable option moving forward? Uh, no, not, I mean, only in the deepest of leagues overall, because, I mean, you take a look at what he's done in this, in these game logs. For every, like, solid 33-minute performance that he's, you know, put up like like this one he's just had some uneven performance going behind that and you know like 13 points then four points then zero points and 11 12 then pops up with 23 minutes and 14 uh you know uh points with three rebounds there it's very tough to tell what terry stotts is doing off the bench for when he has like guys like uh, gerald henderson and then uh, you know i wonder if the minutes would have shook out this way if ed davis played in this game which is Uh you know uh, a guy who's been getting regular minutes, and then you have to figure out how everybody else is going to slot further downward when Damian Lord comes back into the lineup. So I don't trust him to, as far as I can throw him, which is about two feet. 
So, uh-huh. you know, that's just how I feel about that. Um, Kings probably win if Rudy Gay doesn't shoot two of 12. And I know you've been on the Rudy Gay hate train for some time there, so he just added fuel to the fire for you. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's just, I, I, I know he's a better player than he's playing. I mean, I remember watching this guy dating back to when he was at UConn in college. Mm-hmm. But do you, I mean, you're a Kings fan. Like, do you not think that he's just not playing anywhere near what you expected him to play this year? Well, I, you know what? I'm, I want to give Rudy Gay some credit because they're playing him at the four and they've, like, he has made it, like, since the, the Willie College time went out of the lineup. He's been averaging over eight rebounds per game for somebody who's a three, who, who's not known as a as a like a, a a board crasher. That's pretty good for him to pop up with fourteen rebounds. So I'm su- mm-hmm. surprised that he, even though he was struggling from the field like that, he still had like the conscious effort to stay in the game and go for lead you know the team in uh, double digit rebounds. In um, Benny wins the day category, Demarcus Cousins shoots two of seven from three. So that that certainly didn't help. Bad decision making overall. Also five turnovers. So they haven't solved their two problems, or maybe their three their three problems. If you consider Rudy Gay a problem, I don't really consider him overall a problem because, um, you know, for the most part this season he's having. Well, let's just you know compare 2014 to 2015. So 2014, playing 35 minutes, he's actually down two minutes this year. Shot 45.5 last year, shooting 45 now. Uh, the three-point percentage is down, which is one thing that's hurting him a little bit. It was 36 last year. Now it's down to 30.3. Free throws are basically the same. I mean, he's down 2%, but uh, the attempts are also way down for him overall. So um, he's been driving to the whole less, but, which could be a problem. But then you see the rebounding. They've asked him to rebound him more. It's it's up over the so far this season. 5.9, up back up to 7.0. And the turnovers are down. So um, he – and he – let's see here. For – Shot attempts there. Um, his shot attempts are down by about a half a game. So you want him to score a little bit more, and three-point shooting and the field goal percentage are down, but they've asked him to do other things like rebound and you know cut down on turnovers. His steals are actually up, so which means it looks like he's a little bit more active on the defensive end. So you, you want him to shoot better from three is basically what it comes down to, and you know that's one of the only things you can fault, fault him for. So you know, he's averaging, still averaging 18 a game. Uh, you know, and they've done a little bit more with guys like getting Omri Caspi involved. Darren Carlson's taking more shots. It's a different brand of offense with Rajon Rondo. So you're going to see Rudy Gall, Rudy Gay, like play uh, <coughs> iso ball less mm-hmm. uh, because Rondo's going to be the primary decision maker. So it feels like he maybe mailed in in, on, in some spots here, but I mean. I guess overall from the Sacramento Kings fan, you can't really f- say too much about him exa- other than you want him to shoot better from deep. So yeah. I-, I guess now, that's what, what it comes down to. Now, Caspi, because we haven't really talked about him, but he's a guy that I'm liking a lot right now. Yes. Uh, playing 30 to 35 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. He's you know playing the three there. He's rebounding. He's getting you some defensive stats. He's scoring some points. You know, I, I don't think he's on a, a lot of waiver wires. I think at this point most people have picked him up. But to me, he's even somebody who should be on, like if you're in a 10-man league, he should be owned pretty heavily. Sacramento plays at such a high pace, so you know this guy's always going to get some numbers. There's going to be more possessions in those games. And, you know, I feel like people are still, like, sleeping on him, like not thinking that this is real. You know, we saw him in limited time last season when, like, Gay was out you know, put up similar type numbers. Like, this guy can play. He's good. Yeah, yeah I agree with you 110%. You know, that's just not 
King's bias talking to me overall. I mean, look what he did. He he was efficient from the floor, didn't take any extra shots that he shouldn't have taken. Five of eight, three of four from three, which you love that. Um, uh-huh. You know, you want the free throw percentage to be a little bit better, but he has improved it. 14 points, 10 rebounds, a steal on two blocks, everything that you ask for to do, and productive in a starting lineup with Gay, Cousins, and uh, Rondo all on the floor together. You know, mm-hmm. so... Uh, he's doing exactly what the Kings want him yeah. to do, right? and 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 he's playing the big minutes. Like those those four guys that you just mentioned, they're all playing thirty five minutes a game, right? And everybody else is kind of split in the leftovers. So he is one of the top four, mm-hmm. you know, who's playing big minutes along with Gay Cousins and Rondo, right? And anybody who's worried about Willie Cauley Stein when he comes back, those minutes are not going to come at the expense of Omri Caspi right now. They might come at the expense of like Costa Kufos or maybe Rudy Gay a little bit, and or try to get. DeMarcus Cousins down uh, off of the 37 minutes that he played. So I, I could what I'm going to see happen here is, you know, you're going to see Costa Kufos and, uh, you know, Rudy Gay, Omri Caspi all maybe lose two to three minutes, which would get, mm-hmm. you know, um, Willie Cauley-Stein somewhere between eight to 15 minutes a game, which is basically where they, they were sort of keeping him at once they decided to go, um, you know, small ball at the four or a la... Warriors ball is what I like to call it because everybody else is you know throwing their th- three into the four like Draymond Green, yep. so um, it's working overall. Even though the, the results didn't you know bear out a win, you could tell that this is a better brand of ball. Um, you know, and it's 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 a more dangerous lineup with a guy like Rudy Gay and Armory Crasby who can score both score inside and outside and are you know three point threats. So um, I don't expect that to change too much. So if you own Armory Crasby, um, don't. Uh, you know, worry about his production because he he's not playing over his head and he's being super efficient and he's a double-double threat every time he's on the floor and he double-double again in this game. So, all right, that's going to wrap it up for the Brock score breakdown here uh, overall. Uh, before we move forward, got to ask the question, if um, you're out there, are you a person who's looking for a website? Uh, if not, why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 70 million people worldwide, Wix makes it easy to get your your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with this, a stunning website. So with hundreds of designer-made customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, even video backgrounds, there's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or a designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. So when you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy, too busy, too busy to be worrying about your budget, too busy to worry about appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. I'm going to be taking advantage of Wix.com, and that's where Wix.com comes in. It's it's easy. It's free. Go to Wix.com to create your own website today. today. The results will be stunning. All right, let's go ahead and get into the buy or sell portion of the show, Benny. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, so this is how we are going to do this as uh, previously advertised. I'm going into my own personal uh, 14-team league. Not that the size matters because we're going to be sorting by all players here in the in the player list tab. And then what I'm going to do is sort by the current rank uh, all the season. These are people who are currently performing well, right now, and then I'm going to match up the corresponding O rank to them, and then we're going to talk about you know potential outliers, where or not we think um, somebody has a, a um, level of performance that's sustainable or not sustainable. Here, so we're going to start with a big name. Here, uh, Benny was sitting here with a O rank of 60, 61, so he was about like a you know 
late fourth round, mid fifth round pick playing in the top 15 overall. It's Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, Benny ranked 14th overall in the game on Yahoo, shooting 48%, 89% for the line, averaging 17.4 points per game and 6.9 rebounds with almost two assists. Buy or sell this level of production for uh, Dirk Nowitzki for the rest of the season? It might be a tad below where he is now, but I don't think he falls off completely. So I'm not going to say sell because if you have him, I think you hold on to him. I think that he's given you good production and will give you good production for the rest of the year. But I do think he's been playing a tad above where, you know, I think he'll be for the rest of the season. So maybe like a, you know, a point or two a game less, maybe like a little bit less minutes, you know, as the season wears on a little bit. But um, I think that the production you're getting from Dirk here is about what you're going to get from for the rest of the year. So I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't sell, but I would definitely hold on to him if I had him would probably be the way I'd go. All right, fair enough. I, I agree with you there as well. I don't think the production's way out of whack if it was like 20 and 10 or something like that. I'd be like, yeah, get rid of that guy because there's no way he stays healthy enough or plays enough minutes for the season to, to justify that. All right, we'll move on to the next player here. It's another brand-name guy who has played – um, 34 spots ahead of his old rank uh, for the season was uh, had a rank of 56, so a solid fourth round pick in the majority of leagues. They are currently ranked 22 overall, averaging 17.9 points per game, 4.2 rebounds, five assists, and 1.7 steals, and shooting 82% from the line. Uh, oh, by the way, with a 2.215 assist to turnover ratio, I am referring to none other than Kemba Walker, currently ranked 22 overall, so playing as a top 25 player. So buy Kemba Walker as a top 25 option the rest of the way. That's actually a tough one. It is. Um, it is. Because those numbers don't sound crazy, you know. No, well, that's that's the thing. Is like, you, you know, after you read the numbers, I'm like, if that puts him at top 22, you said, I think he was? It is, yes. Yeah, like, I don't think that that's too much to ask out of him for the rest of the season going forward. All right. So, I mean... Again, if I have him, I'm holding on to him. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I guess if you can get him for cheap, he'd probably be a buy for me because if you can get that kind of production, and I don't think you're going to have to give up like a superstar in order to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody's willing to part with him for, you know, like a mid-tier kind of player at another position, I think I would like that. So I think I'm going to give him a, you know, a strong buy category if you can get him on the cheap. Alright, I like it. I don't know how much you can, how cheaply you can buy for him because they've been, he's been killing for fantasy teams. But, um, if you're saying you think the production holds, then I'm, I'm with you there. It probably doesn't slip too much below top 30 for overall because I don't, those numbers don't sound out of whack in my mind. He's very, very sustainable. We'll see if he ends up taking a hit when Al Jefferson gets rolling, but I don't really see it happening too much. No, me neither. Alright, um, another player who just went ham on the, on my Sacramento Kings here, CJ McCollum, ranked to open the season at 91, currently playing at a rank of 31, averaging 20.4 points per game, 3.7 rebounds, 4.3 assists, uh, shooting 84% from the line, and a 1.971 assistant over, which is pretty juicy for a shooting guard. Uh, buy or sell CJ McCollum in the top 30-ish range rest of the way. Here's, here's what I'm gonna say. Right now, with with him coming off of that near triple double with like 35 points and all that stuff, he's a very hot commodity right now, mm-hmm. and we know that that production is going to take at least a little bit of a hit when uh, Damian Lillard comes back. Now Lillard's not a guy who is expected to be out six to eight weeks here, so it's not like you're getting in you know elongated amount of production time. 
So if you can sell CJ McCollum right now for, you know, an option who you think is going to have a, a big end of the year, maybe somebody that's a bigger name that, you know, you're expecting to have a, a bigger end to the season right now, I would be fine selling him for the right deal. If the right deal doesn't come along, though, I mean, I do think he's still going to give you 20 points a game and add in, you know, a couple stats in every other category. Uh, they really don't have a lot of scorers on Portland, so he's going to be relied upon to put the ball in the basket and, you know, have the ball in his hands and even play a little point guard at time when, uh, you know, Lillard's not on the floor. So I'm not in a hurry to trade him, but I think that right now you can get probably more out of him than you could at other points in the season, especially with the way he's been playing these last couple games. So I'm going to give him a sell or a hold. If you don't want to get rid of him, I have no problem holding him, but I think his numbers do take a little bit of a hit, um, you know, when Lillard gets back later on in the season. Not much, though, but I think you can sell him probably at his high point right now. All right, I could I could buy that overall. I think that's um, something that's um, you know, maintains. I, I'm willing to go, you know, just give him a little bit of rope and say he's a top 50 player overall, but I don't know how what you trade for him and you what you get back that you still feel fairly good about that's in the top 50 because the top 50 names are stocked with brand name guys. You know, like mm-hmm. right now, yeah, the bottom of the top 50 is Mike Conley, you know, Rudy Gay, Tobias Harris, Giannis Attentacumpo. So I don't know anybody who's like dying to trade those guys overall, although Attentacumpo's probably been slightly disappointing overall. But, you know, um, he's picked it up as of late. All right, two more I want to quickly hit before we go on here um, and wrap up the show. Jay Crowder with a rank of 132, currently ranked 41 overall, averaging 13.3 points per game, 5.3 rebounds, 1.8 assists, 1.7 steals, and shooting uh, 81% from the line and 45% from the field. Buy or sell, Jay Crowder remaining in the top 50 the rest of the way. I don't think he does. I like his production, and I like the fact that if you look at the Celtics team, he is literally the guy who's been playing the most minutes outside of the guards, which I think is going to change now that you know Smart comes back. Mm-hmm. I also think it affects his minutes a little bit because I think that with those guys crowding up the point guard shooting guard spot, you might see Evan Turner steal a few more minutes from him at the three. So I don't buy him as a top 50 player the rest of the way, but I do like him and think he stays in the top. I think he outperforms where he was drafted this year. But a top 50 player, I don't think he's really a top 50 player in the league. I mean, that would mean that he's one of the two best guys. If you take the two best guys on every team, he would be in that, you know, that group. And I don't really see that, to be honest with you. So, you know, I don't think you can sell him because I don't think that other people value him as highly as people who have owned him to this point do. Right. Um, But I, I don't buy him as a top 50 player for the rest of the year. I wouldn't be going out and trying to add him to my roster right now. Okay, so, um, you know, maybe there's some buy low opportunity if you feel like it's going to be top 60s, top 75, which is doable to me. So mm-hmm. 13.3 and 5.3 could be a little bit tough to hang on if Marcus Smart becomes a legitimate factor in this offense. So I, I, I could see that there overall. But I do like his Swiss Army knife ability to do a little bit of everything and never blow you away in the box score and still be a, a top 50-ish player. All right, last guy I'm going to throw your way here, Kent Bazemore, currently uh, ranked 48 overall, came in the season ranked 220, 12.3 points per game, 4.5 rebounds, 2.2 assists, and 1.4 steals, shooting 85.7% from the line and almost 47% from the field. Buy or sell Kent Kent Bazemore in the top 50? I mean, 
Those, I, those I, numbers are really reasonable. That's the problem. Yeah, right, like you know? that. Like, like I don't think that that's crazy to ask him to keep that stuff up. But he's not somebody that I'm going out and trying to actively trade for. Um, if he was on my team, if he's on a waiver wire, I would have no problem with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he is actually somebody who's seeing, you know, a decent amount of minutes for that Atlanta team. That's been a spot that they've been struggling with, the, you know, small forward, and, and he gets a little bit of time at shooting guard as well. I think he continues to have the production that he has right now. You know, I don't see it really going up. I don't see it really dropping off the table too much. The field goal percentage seems a little bit high to me for a guy who plays guard. Right. Um, I would guess that he's probably getting to the rack a lot and getting a lot of those easy layups because you don't shoot 47% in the NBA on, you know, long jump shots. Right. So, you know, that's probably going to come down a little bit. I think if that comes down, that'll probably tick down his, you know, rankings overall. So I would probably say sell him being a top 50 player for the rest of the year. But I do think he's another guy like Crowder that stays mm-hmm. in the top 100 and, you know, kind of contributes across the board to you and plays some pretty decent minutes. Yeah, I think I think he has a good chance of definitely hanging in the top 60, 75. And the numbers he are are producing, like, total-wise, aren't outrageous. But the 47% shooting percentage with 85% free throw percentage could be a little bit tough to maintain. So it, it sort of is going to come down to if, like, they have injuries to Teague or somebody in the front court or Kyle Carver who was injured last year, then Bazemore probably can remain in the top 50. If he doesn't, it's going to be very tough for him to remain efficient in this fashion, you know, especially as a two. You just don't see two guards shooting 47% for the season. So. Nope. That is going to wrap it up for the Rotowire uh, Fantasy Basketball Podcast for today. Don't forget we're available on iTunes and Stitcher for your download convenience. You can also follow Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and send all your comments and complaints and questions to me at JoshHayesFS. Thanks for listening, everybody, and tune in tomorrow for the next episode. We'll see you next time. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.